Welcome to The Observer Effect, a podcast of travel stories. Each week, we hope to bring you a conversation with someone we meet overseas, and at least one good story. Episode 116, Lost City, Scotland, where Joe rescued a drone. Whole castles have vanished from my memory. Whole cities I've never visited again. Ford Maddox Ford. So, uh, first of all, can you explain what you look like for the audience? Um, Who are they listening to? Um, um, probably a six-foot lanky um, northerner from England. Um, who's dressed up like Indiana Jones. <laughs> so that's my boyhood hero. <laughs> you really are, actually. I love taking pictures of you today because yeah. <laughs> you really look the part. <laughs> it wasn't 100% deliberate. Each, each part was like, that's a cool shirt. Like that one. Yeah. That's a cool hat. Like that. So it just then came together. I accidentally wearing it all today, which is a bit too much sometimes, but whatever. All right. You, you need to talk to Allison about that because... I mean, I'm a huge Indiana Jones fan too, but she is like beyond. She's her whole life is dedicated to emulating him. Nice. <laughs> yeah. So, do you remember which one was the first one you saw? And no, same as same as a lot of um, childhood films. I can't remember what order I watched them in. I just I can't even remember never having not seen them. Yeah. Same with Star Wars. Same with like Back to the Future or. Um, Jurassic Park or any of those ones, you know? Yeah. <laughs> okay, yeah. well, I, I debated whether I would try to bring this up or not. I hope you're okay with bringing it up because I'm having a real fanboy moment. Yeah, no, Can you cool. explain what you do, actually? Yeah, um, so I've been making props for Star Wars for the last two years. I, I um, just want to cry. That's yeah. <laughs> no, cool. At Pinewood, you said. Yeah, it's, outside it's London. definitely not as glamorous as it sounds, but it, it, I enjoy it. It is fun. I was a big fan of Star Wars growing up, and um, and I really like making things. So it's a good combination of two two things. Did you like? I mean, was that a goal or a little bit? And yeah, Lord of the Rings is another thing I'm a massive fan of. And, and yeah, that, they have excellent bonus features. Um, and watched them and realised how much goes on behind the scenes to yeah. make these things. Um, I had no idea how much was done in the UK. I thought it would all be done in America or somewhere fancier than um, a tin shed in West London. <laughs> but uh, so, but um, yeah, surprisingly, it's, it's yeah, I, I managed to find a degree course that um, pointed me in that direction. That was a yeah, University of Hertfordshire. Yeah, I was fascinated. You mentioned it's an actual degree. In, yeah, in sort England. of. I mean, well, it is, but it, it's sort of um, the skills you, you learn. It's, it's, it's kind of yeah. You sort of self-develop it, I guess, more than it's you know a, a prescribed thing. But okay, so it's like an independent study kind of thing. I like guess you so. Yeah. Pick certain areas you want to focus That's on. That's right. And okay. but, the, but the best bit about it was that it's it had excellent work experience opportunities when I was there. Um, and my first work, work experience was on Captain America, <laughs> yeah, the Marvel film. So that was great because I, I loved all Spider-Man, you know, cartoons and, and superheroes as well. So, yeah, 
yeah, big nerd all round generally. But <laughs> so yeah, that was great. That was, um, but then there was a whole string of Marvel movies over here. Also worked on Guardians of the Galaxy and um, Avengers Two, and um, a bunch of other, a few Warner Brothers ones, um, Edge of Tomorrow and um, Gravity. Uh, yeah, a bunch of different ones over the years now. Some of them very, you know, lengths of time and things like that. Yeah, um, this is quite a resume. <laughs> yeah, no, it's been, it's been, like I say, I've been so surprised how many films are made in the UK. Yeah. Um, yeah, I've been really lucky to catch that wave while it's been busy and, and um, yeah, make a career out of it so far. And. Did, did you catch The Force Awakens? Were you part of that, or well, I was actually jump working, on later? I was working on uh, Avengers 2 when Force Awakens was okay. first started. I was, I had um, two two job offers at the exact same time, uh, and I had to, and I really wanted to. I was going to do Star Wars, yeah, hands down, yeah, um, because but it got postponed by almost a month, and then it got postponed again. Then, that was when they were like writing, rewriting the script. Yeah, like, yeah. so like, uh, so yeah, I, I just I couldn't hang on waiting, you know, for a film that, right? Who knows when it was going to start? Right. Avengers gave me a start date. You could start, you know, next Monday. So yeah, and that's a cool film as well. So I couldn't really sure you can't say no. Right. So, <laughs> um, yeah, it wasn't a bad consolation prize, and it certainly worked out for the better as well. Yeah. Um, because I still got to work on Force Awakens. I did um, a little bit in costume props on that. Really? Yeah, I made the, um, oh, I wish I could remember their name. So these guards that, um, that with red faces, like a red dot in the middle. Yeah, 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 uh, yeah. And they come for hands on. The Death Squad. That's right, yeah, yes. yeah. Wait, so they've got another name in front. I forget what it is. It's like, uh, um, yeah. it starts with a G. I, something, anyway, some Star yeah. Wars name. Yeah, <laughs> no, that's cool. Um, so I did a bit on them and a those, few uh, snowtrooper backpacks. And those were really compelling designs, like and really well done. Yeah, the the costume designer um, Glenn, can't remember his last name, but um, yeah, so no, he's in all the art books. He's he's really talented, really down to earth bloke as well. I, um, I think that design specifically came from Ralph uh, McQuarrie. Is that his name? Probably the, the, the original the, the designer. So many, yeah. Um, the art department's rough and Corey mad. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but he's, he's right because obviously that that sets the the seventies tone, doesn't it? For yeah. Because um, you wouldn't design like that particularly anymore because technology's moved on. Right. Um, so everything he designs is all very chunky and <laughs> um, just a little bit retro, isn't it? Which is great. Yeah. Well, I wonder what they're going to do when they run out, though. <laughs> I know, I know. <laughs> uh, I'm just realizing this actually fits in perfectly with the theme of the podcast, because I'm always looking at travel from different angles, and travel is all about going to different places. Yeah. And you're kind of in control of, like, literally creating a place, an imaginary place, you know? Uh, not so much the design, but the physical creation of it. Yeah, it's, like I say, it's a big team, so it's hard for anyone to take full credit for any of it. Of course. But, um, you guys are very polite about that. Yeah. <laughs> I keep trying to give you credit. But, <laughs> nice. but I mean, like, yeah. do you feel a sense of, uh, like, let, let's not reveal where we are yet. We'll get to that uh, yeah, <laughs> later. Cool. Okay. But 
like this place or other places you've traveled, does that work its way into what you do? It really does. Like I um, one thing I really like about Star Wars, just as from a fanboy perspective, nothing to do with working on it. But um, you know, when when you go into the cantina, it feels like it, it feels like a foreign country because people yeah. are smoking weird things or. Yeah. You know, talking in weird languages, and you don't really recognize what they're wearing, or you know, all those sorts of things. Yeah, and and, and that first one was inspired by North Africa, like Tunisia. That's right. Yeah, yeah, exactly. just just and vaguely, like yeah, yeah. And it feels foreign, doesn't it? it yeah, feels um, like yeah, you've you've gone on holiday to a, a new planet. Yeah. Um, also, I think the mashup of high tech and low tech in Star Wars uh-huh. um, is something you do see when you're traveling to um, all, all around the world, really, but particularly poorer countries yeah. because they have you know in some ways you know without giving it away we're walking on a very old path yes um, <laughs> but you know at the same time you'll walk past people you know there's still modern technology all around and sometimes it's integrated into bits of walls and right uh, yeah where we were yesterday there was a bit of that and pipes running across old walls and that's that's sort of Star Wars yeah but it's not it's it's so ri- Star Wars gets it from this these sort of places. Exactly. Yeah. Uh, have you been to Skellig Michael? Not yet. No, I was, I was going to. Or are you um, working on that that set at all? Um, I, I promise I won't press for any spoilers no, no. at all. My my stuff's more um, more of the hard tech. Okay. Sort of like the, the Death Star. That's like yeah, exactly. All the Harry Land control panel side of stuff. So um, anything kind of organic. Yeah, I love the look of it. You know, I like to go visit those sets, but um, I, I don't really. I haven't done much for them. Um, it was like, that was an amazing set for episode eight. They had um, maybe I shouldn't talk about. <laughs> yeah, yeah, we don't just, have just to drift into any, release yet, but. any area that, yeah. <laughs> that could get you in trouble. Yeah. <laughs> um, so. Well, this is a good segue. We're at a good spot where you can really describe now where we are. So first, just like describe what you see and then go ahead and reveal. So we're, we're scrambling over big boulders. Well, it's sort of like a, a rough path. Um, absolutely beautiful scenery. Um, snow-top mountains. We've just come out of what well, was quite tropical and then now into quite a dry, sort of uh, grassy valley. And it's yeah, it's it's cool. So. We just went over the past, Dead Woman's That's Pass. That's right. Yeah. And on that side, I guess this might be the lee side, where the wind doesn't go. Yeah, okay. So the rain collects Does... on that side, and it's wetter. Maybe I'm guessing. I mean, yeah, I don't know. totally. Yeah. We, it's really striking. We just went over, yeah. and look out. Uh, and it was there's some porters passing. Oh yeah. <laughs> and it's really striking, like how different it is. You yeah. Know, as you go over, and it. it it's a real accomplishment to make it over. We just crossed yeah. like four thousand two hundred meters. Yeah. And yeah. Yeah, it's yeah, it's it's a weird one because you know everyone tells you it's it's hard and it's always it's hard, but it's it's really hard for like ten seconds. Then you catch your breath and yeah. you're fine again. Yeah. And you're good for you know for a good while, and then it hits you again. Right. But I guess that's the altitude, or just my general low fitness level maybe (laughs) (laughs) so now now we can reveal where we are yeah so we're just on the Inca Trail (laughs) into Machu Picchu which is awesome (laughs) so I have to ask what brought you to Machu Picchu why why are you going 
there. Um, because I want to be Indiana Jones. <laughs> <laughs> and it's a perfect, perfect place. Um, I think not, not only that, I mean, I sort of put it down to that. I, I think the reason me and Indiana Jones have something in common is both like history and mystery. Yes. Um, and yeah, it's what's more mysterious than a you know lost city on the top of a mountain? Yeah. You know. Yeah. And obviously, it's not lost anymore, but it's still a very cool place to go visit. Yeah. Well, very few people knew about it for centuries. Yeah. And you know the the guy Hiram Bingham who yeah. discovered it. He was the inspiration for Indiana Jones. Exactly. Yeah. So, <laughs> so yeah, so exactly. It's the got to be done. The uh, ultimate. Nazca lines and, you know, all of that. <laughs> so we did that before we got here as well. And sandboarding and, yeah, it was great. It's been, proves has been so varied. It's been a lot colder than I expected, but it's, it's been nice. Have you, are, are you an adventurous type? Have you done this kind of thing before? Or is this your first big Indiana Jones moment? <laughs> and, um... I guess I'm getting more and more adventurous as I get older. Um, I didn't really do any travelling until I'd finished uni. Uh-huh. Um, first, first one I did was round just round Europe, which yeah, I so just round. You know, for me that's like yeah, close there. We did like uh, an interrailing um, holiday. Did ten cities in three weeks. <laughs> yeah, yeah, so that was cool. So I guess Pompeii was. Oh, Probably man. the most Indiana Jones it got on that one. Yeah. Um, and Rome in general was amazing, you know. Yeah. Uh, well, all, all of Italy I loved, actually. Yeah. Well, yeah, Europe's very varied as well. It's good. Yeah. But then the more adventurous one after that was Thailand, Cambodia, and Laos. And, yeah, you can't not feel like Indiana Jones when you're in, in the temples in Cambodia. That is... I was just... I'm amazing. Yeah. I was yeah. going to say that was our Indiana Jones moment. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, with the... the What's nice about that is the jungle's taken over, isn't it? Yeah. And it definitely feels like you're discovering it. Look out. There's guys with, uh, I don't even know how many kilos on their yeah. backs running past us, putting us to shame. No, it's great. Buenos Aires. Whenever you feel a little bit tired and then these guys come past, you go, I've got nothing to complain about. <laughs> I, uh, I felt weird about you know, letting porters carry my stuff on this trek yeah. when we signed up. But yeah, I did as well. Uh, Allison explained it to me, or others have, that it's a good source of employment. And, of course, yeah. And they're great at it, and yeah. I do appreciate having just my camera and a few other things, you know? Yeah, totally. <laughs> well, it makes it, yeah, um, it makes it doable, doesn't it? For It does. I, I mean, uh, the altitude would be tough with, yeah. with all the stuff if yeah. you're not used to it. Yeah, and I mean, last night was so luxurious. Like. Yeah, that, that's the thing, isn't it? it, it is a, the porters do make it um, more glamorous than it probably even needs to be. You know, I'd be happy roughing it for a few more days, but yeah, few few days. But um, well, they they set up all our tents for us and cooked dinner. And when we got yeah. there, almost everything was ready and great food. We just have to eat and go to bed. Yeah. Like. Yeah, I had a sleeping bag off them and it was so toasty and the warm out was so comfy. Yeah. The bed was, you know, the tent was pretty big, you know, it's to a huge tent. The backs. I'm not used to that. <laughs> they definitely get away with smaller, you know, all of them, they could do less. I know. But they've given us more and it's, yeah, it is a privilege, you feel privileged, right? Yeah. yeah. I guess now's the time we should plug this outfit. Uh, this is Alpaca. Yeah. Alpaca expeditions. expeditions, yeah. How did you find them? Um, I was just looking at all the different Inca trails. 
um, so, uh, you know, tour operators, and they had the best, most up-to-date reviews on TripAdvisor. Yeah. Um, so yeah, we, you know, nothing else. We went with that. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And um, yeah. All right. So all the ports seem to be pretty solid, though, don't they? I, I can imagine most of the tour companies are. Oh, good. But yeah, the, our yeah. experience with Alpaca has been excellent so far, hasn't it? Yeah, I really appreciated. We all stood in a circle last night, and there's about 25 porters and yeah. 15 of us uh, guests, and we all took turns introducing ourselves yeah. in multiple <laughs> languages. Oh yeah, and uh, it was a really good bonding experience, you know. Yeah, and I accidentally. Uh, oh yeah. <laughs> and do you want to do you want to share? Yeah, that? sure. That's why fantastic. not? <laughs> I, so, I was really impressed that you tried Spanish because I know you're learning it, right? You just yeah, started. Well, I, yeah, unfortunately, I don't know. I, I, I would like to continue learning that, and I wish I'd done more before I came out. But give it a go. Yeah. So. So what happened? <laughs> so I managed to, I think, introduce myself correctly. Absolutely. Me, I'm a Joe. And um, soy uh, Britannico, I think I managed to get away with. Uh-huh. Um, but just royally messed up by telling everyone that I had <laughs> 28 anuses. <laughs> <laughs> so I said, um, 28 anos, uh, or tengo 28 anos, uh, instead of años, which so all but important difference between yes. year and, and us. The, uh, the, uh, the porters were really courteous about it. None of them laughed. But the Spanish group, yeah. the guys from Spain, they burst out yeah. cackling. And uh, that was quite a great moment. Nah, I don't mind, yeah. <laughs> We were talking about that earlier, weren't we? How easy it is to muddle languages up. Yeah, well, I, I'm going to go ahead and record this. Allison made a, has, has been making a beautiful mistake all year. As people have asked us if we have kids, she's been nonchalantly saying what she thought was, oh, not yet. But instead, so she's been saying, yeah, no, which means not anymore. <laughs> nonchalantly <laughs> and people just kind of shut down the conversation <laughs> so well maybe that's yeah. good if you don't want to talk about having kids all the time <laughs> shut down the conversation quickly <laughs> um, what do you think Machu Picchu will be, will be like what do, do you have any expectations I, I want to interview you when we get there too. yeah 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 prepare you know? um I think from the photos it looks closest to Pompeii where it's quite a big place to explore but you know probably quite empty is in maybe a bit like Pompeii whereas you know it's quite a big city to explore but with better views hopefully and hopefully a bit more intact uh, it was really cool this morning when it was all misty I've seen photos of it like that and if it's half as good as that yeah that was really cool, wasn't it? Yeah. It was very sort of mystical, so... That's my favorite part, the, yeah. the mist that just kind of floats on the mountain. Yeah. You can never really see it move, but every time you glance away and glance back, it's different. That's you know? right. So, my last question is the big one. <laughs> What's a good travel story that you have? could be from anywhere and you have traveled a lot and you probably don't feel like it but 
you Europeans just outdo us, you know, you get around so much more. Yeah. Um, <laughs> you probably don't even realize like how much it is, you know? Maybe. Um, actually, if, if we stick to a European one then, um, this time last year I went around Scotland um, photographing stone circles with my uh, drone. I bought just bought a uh, DJI Phantom drone. Wow. And um, yeah, that was the part of So I went up to Edinburgh Fringe Festival, did that with Will, and then did a road trip around Scotland. There are absolutely, you know, there's thousands in the UK, but or over a thousand. Uh, but there's some really good condition ones in Scotland, so I went to photograph them. Um, but yeah, it, it went, I almost lost it. <laughs> um, I was. Yeah, still getting used to the controls, and I'd, I'd just managed to get it to sort of do a lovely, sort of sweeping, um, sort of like a, um, what do you call it, like panning round? Yeah, uh, yeah. I don't know. Um, which looks really nice on the circle. Um, but I was, I was trying to film it when there was no one there. Right. A, so it looked nice, but B, so... Um, just so it wasn't noisy and spoiling it for anyone else. Or, of course, yeah. 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 Um, and it didn't hurt anyone in case anything went wrong. So I could sort of see, because it was quite high up, I could see that someone was coming up the path. So I went to bring it down, and I just brought it all the way down as quickly as possible. Yeah. Which normally comes straight down, but there was a bit of a crosswind, and it took it right into a field full of oh huge my. cows. <laughs> oh, my god! cows. Oh, no. Um, which... <laughs> <laughs> as it came down, they actually ran away. So I was like, "Oh, phew!" Yeah. But as soon as it had landed, they all came stampeding back towards it. Oh no! So I thought that was the end of the trip. Well, end of the, all the footage that I'd got so far on that trip. And I thought, yeah, yeah, that's definitely the end of the drone. But for some reason, because the propellers were still going, they were still kind of scared of it. Yeah. So as soon as they got like literally within inches, <laughs> they'd stopped and they'd <laughs> ran so fast towards it and then stopped. <laughs> But I was so relieved. But uh, then again, the second wave of it was, well, how am I going to get it out of there? <laughs> you know, like you can't I, just march into a bunch of cars no, exactly. And I, it. Yeah. Well, I thought about it. That was my first reaction. But they're, yeah. they're huge, right? They're absolutely huge. I'm sure they're, they're and dangerous when they're in a herd like that. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. they could maybe not deliberately go for me, but no, maybe. But <laughs> accidentally just stampede yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. Same for the drone as well. So yeah. I figured I'm not going in there. I'm not risking my own safety, but um, I, I wonder if I could fly it out. Yeah. So I just revved it and got it as up as up in the air as fast as possible. Um, and luckily that it did spook them, but they all peeled off in opposite directions, so they didn't crush it as it was taking off. Did, did you film that as I it was taking off? Because really that would have been a cool shot. Uh, of them I got some, photo, in every I got some photographs of uh, cows from underneath. Um, all running in different directions, but yeah, mate, <laughs> I was going there. That's, yeah, that was cool. That was so. I guess that's that's pretty great. Thank you. Story. <laughs> that's that's the first uh, drone story that I've oh, heard nice. in like almost two hundred. Like. <laughs> nice. So, Joe, I have to thank you not only for sharing your story with me on the Inca Trail, but also for being one of the donors on Kiva. For the first few years of this podcast, I would advertise kiva.org, which is a way to lend money to small businesses overseas in developing countries. 
For example, for a woman in Peru to expand her flock of chickens. These are small loans that give entrepreneurs an opportunity where they may not otherwise have one. A few weeks back, Joe and I met up again in a pub in London, and I was overjoyed to find out he had followed my suggestion. I had no idea. <laughs> By the way, if any of you listening have done that, please let me know. It does my heart good to hear. So you too can make a donation on Kiva, K-I-V-A dot org. Uh, there's a link on the webpage. But I also want to share one other good deed you can do. My brother and his wife have recently started a fund to cover the medical costs of families who lose children to miscarriage. It's in honor of their son, Weston, whom they lost in 2015. I think it's such a beautiful way to honor his memory and to heal their loss by helping others. So I recommend donating to westonsfund.org. That's with an I, W-E-S-T-I-N-S-F-U-N-D.org, westonsfund.org. Even a small amount helps. Thank you to Carlos Molina Rojas for playing me the opening song on his flute in a migrant shelter where we spent the night in Argentina just before I met Joe in Peru. You can hear more of his music by searching for Grupo Songkoy on YouTube. Thank you to Z for having the best radio voice ever and recording the welcome to this show. He's from Oklahoma. You can hear his story in episode 101. Thank you to Dana Boulay for the usual music of the Observer Effect. And thank you for listening. <laughs>